Hey, welcome to Trucking After Hours. It's the week of April 27th, 2000 plus 20. Because <laughs> some idiot hit the wrong button. I like it. You know, last week I me. last week I put uh, the rest of that song on towards the uh, at the end of the show and close with it, and that's uh, yeah, kind of kind of fun. I'm having a ball playing with some of the music, and uh, we'll have some fun with it. Yeah, here we are, boys and girls, um, trucking after hours. It is Buck Ballard here, by the way. Don the beer guy here. And, of course, manning all things Facebook would be... The Castle Curator, Chris. Yes, we have, I guess, some nice trucking mm. stuff to cover. A couple of stories there. Just some uh, just some fun stuff. We're just going to have fun tonight. That's uh, Some bad news uh, on this week in beer, but some ways you can help. I don't know. We might even figure out how many days it is till Christmas. I've been helping show for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was really ticked. We went into... Uh, Festival Foods, is it? Where no, we Pick were? and Save. Pick and, pick and Save. And they did not have the new Coors. Uh, they don't call it a beer. What do they call that? A double brewed? Is it the Edge or something? Yeah. yeah. Coors, Coors Edge is their non-alcoholic, double cold filtered brewed beverage. Yeah. And, and darn it, it's good. And we didn't find it. But uh, hey, the search will continue. Oh, we know where to get it. We just didn't care to go up to the other store. <laughs> so. I know where to get it. It's just a short four-hour drive for you. <laughs> yeah. That could be arranged. I wish it could be. So I'm uh, reading it. Let's just jump right into the trucking sleep. stuff and move on. All huh? right. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. And you know what? We'll even do these in order because I clicked on the wrong link, so we'll go right here. <laughs> I thought this was kind of neat. The trucking, the truck parking issue, I have to wonder, now that we've caught up on the toilet paper, freight's dropping, the volume is going down, capacity is going up, uh, which means more trucks. So some companies are parking trucks. They're not replacing some drivers, some of the big ones right now, as, as attrition takes its place and people leave. And you know, frankly, some of the independent guys have either leased on with someone else or gotten out or took a local run. Yeah. I want, is parking getting easier for you guys out there? I'd really like to hear the answer on that one. And it's, it's still going to be pressured. There's still areas where it's so short. You know what? All of these truck stops charging 18 bucks a night for parking doesn't create more spots. It just gives you the ability to reserve one and get hosed for $18 because it didn't, it didn't add a single spot. No. So that might help those who are willing to shell out 18 bucks. It was only 13 when I came off the road three years ago. It's like, what the hell? 18 bucks I was reading. Wow. So that's getting crazy. That's crazy. crazy. But this guy, we're looking at I-44 in Missouri. His dad was a trucker, and apparently he has some acreage. And he's been, I think he's been charging 10 bucks a night just for parking. And he's got, right now, all he's got is porta-potties. He's got... It sounds like he's got concrete poured to build some real restrooms in there, but that's all he's planning on providing. He's got security and cameras, so guys aren't going to trash the place. Bob's Parking, Interstate 44 at Exit 88, Stanford, Missouri. It's fenced in. It's well lit. It has security. High definition security cameras. So he can see your smiling face when you chuck that pee bottle out of your truck and he knows where to find you. Well, that's a, right. I think it's And nice. right, right now he is not charging. That's right. That's what I was just going to say. 400 yeah, spots he is free. Not charging. And, and, and you know, there's a class act. Yeah. When the pandemic's yeah. over, then it'll go to 10. Yeah. Which, but right know, now I, it's free. 
And it gets me thinking, too, is, is driver turnover and wages and other things. You know, some of the things we lost and, and through the last rewrite of the tax bill and the big tax cuts, we lost that per diem deduction, which was, what, 80, 80% of 58 bucks a night? I mean, oh, for, wow. for some guys, that was a several thousand dollars a year of a deduction that's gone. Plus, now you're getting hosed, you know, 40, 50, 75 bucks a week to park your truck. Yeah. So between those two, I, I mean, any raise you had in the last year just got sucked down by the tax break you lost and the amount of parking you're and paying. Truck unless, parking. Yeah. I wonder if some of these companies are offering any kind of reimbursement for reserving a spot. And my, my guess would be no. Now, would uh, is truck parking a deduction at the end of the year on your taxes? It is. It's an expense. So you can deduct it, certainly. Okay. I, I, I'm no accountant, but I sure can't see where. I, common sense tells me, yeah, that's that's a cost of doing business, and if you long form, you could de- deduct that. Yeah. Right. But I thought that was kind of neat that uh, that he did that. And then there's another story, and this I think both of these came out of Freight Waves. This yes. one is talking about. Um, now, granted, we're almost done with April. We're talking year end, but they are actually talking about a pretty strong snapback. At the end of the year, maybe that last quarter, and by then, some of the weakest will have fallen off the vine. So capacity will be a little less, meaning the amount of trucks, freight volumes will go up. And, you know, maybe we'll go in like a lion into uh, 2021. That would be cool. Yeah. This baby got bad all of a sudden, and it didn't get back because markets were inherently weak. Uh, this one stopped all of a sudden, so there's likely to be some sort of a whipsaw event as people suddenly go back to business. The guy's well-educated. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, he estimates there will be a 20% decline this year uh, compared to last year, but the end of the year is just going to start whipping because we're going to be beyond that 20% mark now and recover back. So it's just neat to see some positive forecasts for, uh, he says, although a full return to 2019 levels isn't slated for a few years, he did say growth should be relatively steady and low and will return the market to stable uh, by the end of the year. And that, that's a good prediction. That's light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't get a chance to read through that whole article due to trying to eat a whole slab of ribs on my own. But <laughs> oh, so rough did a job. He, did he talk about, as as part of that slow pickup through the the end of the third and into the fourth quarter. Did he talk about anything with, you know, are we going to be down trucks as, you know, prices are down, freight is down. Are people getting out of the trucking industry? I think is that going to affect the the start of that that fourth quarter and going into next year? No, I'm I'm going to take a, a stab in the dark just an educated guess from watching on this. The guy who is an independent, maybe he's finding all of his own freight on the load boards. He's either going to get good at it, uh, and maybe that means you have to be away from home longer than you wanted because what's coming in and out of your hometown doesn't pay enough. Right. Uh, he may lease on to a larger carrier, so he's still in the game. He's just not finding his own freight anymore. Okay. I think some of the people who leave the owner-operator game that are leased onto a carrier are going to go drive for a company uh, as an employee, I don't think as many of the people who might leave their truck are leaving the business. They're just going to leave their truck to get into a better position in another truck. Okay. Statistically, and, and uh, the president of the company I work for was talking about this back in 2009's recession, 
And there was still, you know, the driver turnover. There was still some attrition. And he said, our way to not have to lay anybody off is just don't replace the guys who quit. Right. Um, and then that's their plan now as this continues. If we have to park trucks, we'll park trucks. But we're not going to replace guys that we can't give miles to. That that just doesn't make sense. I don't think we're going to lose that many because where do you go if you're used to making, you know, 50, 60, 70 grand a year? You're not going to go take a $14 an hour warehouse job. Right. So I, I think we're good there. Some of the companies will just slow down their recruiting efforts and attrition will do its thing. Okay. Um, but it's just nice to have some, some hope, some, something at the end of the tunnel that, that looks like, yeah, we, there is an end to this and, uh, it, it, hopefully it will be sooner there, rather than there later. will be and it, things will get better. Speaking of better, I, I made the comment on Facebook because I'd gone through and just traced a whole bunch of stuff that I guess it makes me curious, but nobody else. And, it, you know, it does all get into politics and it was like, do you want me to go there? Or do you not want me to go there? And, and I'm not going to go there. Because that was what you guys asked, so I'm not going to. But I do. We don't need politicians. But I do have to throw this out there because this was one of the. Chris and I were talking about it today. The Castle Kid and I were looking for a new coffee pot. We want to get something that wasn't first. What's made in the USA? Bun. (laughs) Three. (laughs) Yeah, bun. And they're all buns. Yeah, or some real high dollar, three hundred, four hundred dollar. You know, hold your finger up while you drink your tea. That's what you need, though. Yeah. Um. One of the points was in one of the things I was reading, and and it's actually, it's part of Agenda 21, and it deals with consumption of substandard junk that ends up in landfills really fast. Perfect. And you think of all of the crap that comes over on these containers from China, especially around Christmas, that you give your kids, and it's just Stamp plastic garbage that lasts. I know this thing's going to last from December 25th to about January 3rd, yeah. and then I'm going to throw it away, but it's going to cost me $5, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. But that it, kind of stuff, yeah. But it ends up in a landfill somewhere. Yep. And, and, you know, they do have a valid point on that. If we would just shop for quality stuff and pay a little bit more for it, what would the, how much fuel would be saved? How, how many containers would not have to be sent here? Yeah. <laughs> How much crap from China would we not have to buy? A lot. <laughs> I, I, that's one takeaway out of this whole pandemic, if you will, is I hope this is a big wake-up call to people of what is actually made in this country. You know, Maybe we are a little too dependent on crap coming from overseas. Oh, totally. Oh, man, yeah. It is. I hope this kind of opens people's eyes to think what you want about Trump, but Trump has from day one said we need to make more stuff in this country. Yep. What's uh, Russell got to say there? Uh, Russell says this may force older drivers to work longer because they don't want to do it when their 401k drops as bad. So hopefully the market recovers fast enough so they can retire hopefully this year. Good point, because you do have a whole lot of drivers who might have been close to getting out, and it ain't going to happen right now because their 401k just uh, just took a big hit. <laughs> yep. Speaking <I'm> painful. <laughs> speaking of a big hit, let's uh, segue right into <laughs> Michael Moore. This is just freaking hilarious. 
I, I can tell you I have not watched a single one of his movies because I can't stand the moron. <laughs> you know, and that is the nicest word I can say right now. <laughs> there, there's, and I don't know how to politely say this. I call it the dick factor. If you're a big enough dick for real that I can't get past it, I won't watch your movies. When's, yeah. the, when's the last time we watched anything Tom Cruise did? Oh, God. There you go. There you go. He's just too much of a dick to watch. You can't get past Vin Diesel. I'm sorry. I don't like the guy. I don't watch. I, not even that good of an actor. <laughs> no, no, no. And he's got a hell of an ego. And I, I've seen two fast, one and two, the only ones I've seen. I don't care yeah. about the rest. Um, the only good one was the first one. Yes, that's true. Jalopnik is not quite there yet. I'm going to keep, we're going to keep using their stuff. I was just ticked at him last week. Um, (laughs) So I had to make the decision on that. Do we want to keep doing some Jalopnik stories? Because darn it, they do keep coming up with some good stuff. We just went off on the shiniest object ever. Yeah, but it was fun. Anyway, so (laughs) back back to. uh, So douchebag more. Yeah, back to giant peckerheads. (laughs) I think this is funny. Just say stupid stuff when you have a movie coming out that nobody's going to see. Moore said that he, like many people, thought electric cars were a good idea, but I really didn't think about where the electricity is coming from. (laughs) Yeah. I assumed, these are direct quotes from him, I assumed solar panels would last forever. I didn't even know what went into making them, Uh, referring to the raw materials, including the quartz, fossil fuels, and uh, needed to manufacture the panels. What's the word I'm looking here for? This is the author. Oh, that's right. Clueless. Michael Moore's clueless. Yeah, he's he's been clueless for many years. Uh, He goes on to say the same thing about batteries in the cars and stuff and where the electricity is coming from. But a little light bulb went off. Those batteries in cars are highly toxic and sometimes spontaneously catch on fire. (laughs) They require rare rare earth materials mined in where? China. China and the Congo. Yeah. We've talked about those on the show, yeah. Usually by children. Yep. The giant. Oh, here was one that we, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, and it was an interview with a uh, gentleman in Texas with a company that makes, and he's always done this, so it's not like he converted his company to make masks, but he makes medical face masks. That's what his company does. And back in the, uh, what was the last virus, the the last flu bug that everybody was buying masks for? Whatever. Was uh, (laughs) Was it Swine flu or bird flu or? H1N1. That was it. And he kicked into his eight, eight day. He has, you know, Monday through Friday, eight hour a day work week. And he kicked into three shifts, cranking these things out, paying the overtime, going 24 seven, and he said the problem is it costs him ten cents per mask to make a mask. They make yep. them in China for two cents a mask. So he said I did all of this for H one N one, and when it was over, they just started going back and buying from China. So yep. I had to lay everybody I hired off, and it cost me a fortune in unemployment. And he says I know the country's in a pandemic. I can't afford the loss this time. I don't have the money to do it. So yeah. I can only do I'll eight stick hours with my eight hour shifts. Yeah, and I'll still I'm, only charge. I'm sure, there are multiple companies around like that. Yeah, we have a short memory when this is over. You know, we'll be right back to buying our Chinese crap. But yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You remember the pictures we saw of them making masks in, in China? China? The most filthy. Oh, yeah. Horrible right on the conditions. floor. Yes. Yeah, just uh, horrible. Yeah. It's like, oh, my heavens. Yeah, I, I think we're going to be a little more selective about that. And we've always tried to be. We're getting better. Yeah. We're getting smarter as we get older. <laughs> so 
Kudos to Michael Moore. I don't see him uh, <clears throat> making the swing away from liberalism anytime soon, but uh, at least he's smart enough to try and think of where does it, where does electricity come from? You don't just pull it out of the wall. Uh, yeah, it does. You plug into the wall and you have electricity. <laughs> Duh. It comes from the grid. Everybody knows that. Yes, it's the grid. <laughs> it's we? included in my house payment. Yes. The grid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just built into the tax base. <laughs> so a direct quote from Michael Moore on the subject was steaming pack of <laughs> you've been hearing us talk about Trucker's Edge for a good four years now. They've been great friends of the show, and we are proud of our affiliation with Trucker's Edge. Again, Trucker's Edge powered by DAT, only the best load board in the industry. More loads, more brokers. You can get days to pay. You can get credit scores. You can get 15-day lane averages. You can even get tri-haul services. You can cancel it at any time. But here is the coolest part. Go to truckingafterhours.com slash edge or just go to Trucking After Hours and look for the ad in the sidebar. You can sign up there for any one of their three plans absolutely free for 30 days. So run that out for uh, 28 days. See what you think. If you don't like it, cancel it. We think you'll like it. We think you'll stay. And again, truckingafterhours.com slash edge, or just go to the website and check it out, guys. We know you will be happy. What do you say we have a little fun? Yeah. We're just looking at where things came from. The first one on the the list is, I mean, if if we were going to play, you know, name that product... (laughs) Yeah, this this is if you don't get this right, you don't deserve to breathe oxygen anymore. And you better have a <laughs> bottle of it in your truck, an aerosol can of good old WD-40 in your four truck. Different versions of this. Well, no, it's only one brand of WD-40, but you can have it in the wide area aerosol, the one with the straw, the flexible tip <laughs> and the little dropper for hinges. I, I have it in four different ways. Because it is hands down the most useful product around. I like the flexible drip. That, that the flexible, flexible drip. The flexible tip. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, what's nice is because once that's you, what she said. Well, what's nice is you get it and it has that little spray tip taped to the bottle to the spray. You can. lose that first time you use it. Exactly. So the flexible tip, you swing it up, you spray, and you swing it down. You need a drop, you spray it into a bottle lid or something and drop it on with a nail or something. Uh, but anyway, how was WD-40 made? That that was kind of interesting. Why is it WD-40 and what was it made for? Uh, originally, well, everybody knows it's, it's water displacement 40th formula. It was the 40th attempt. Um, I do not remember the name of the the company, but they were looking for something um, for the the space program. They needed some kind of chemical that they could cover the outer skin of the Atlas missile to protect it from rust and corrosion. And they tried and tried and tried and tried and, and finally developed the uh, 40th formula. And, you know, what what's the best name for it? Water displacement 40th formula. That just works well. Was never really meant to go anywhere other than no, this is this is our product, this is what it was designed for. While the employees who used it, hey, this stuff is great. I need some of this at home. They started <laughs> stealing cans of it in their lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> some things never change. 
<laughs> nope. <laughs> Risk your job for a can of WD-40. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't, when the heck was that? Um, 1953, they, they found the formula. Um, I want to say it was 58 or 59. They finally put it into an aerosol can and put it out for sale to the general public. And history was made. And boom. Ever since then, it's been in every garage, every toolbox, every F-150. Did you notice what an ugly little can it was at the beginning? It was. Because right it now, did not it's, say buy me. <laughs> no, it's it's very identifiable. Oh, you can it is. you can open the garage door and see which shelf <laughs> on the back of the garage is WD forty. Without walking in the garage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, interesting tip here. We were talking about those little tiny straws. Yeah. The ones that always get lost. Well, they, you know the plastic toothpick or uh, um, Q tips. Yeah. They have the plastic handle. Cut the ends off, exact same size as one of those straws. Wow. I didn't know that. Learn so something you can new. Cut off, you can cut off one end and spray and use that Q-tip to dab it on, or you cut both ends off and spray it exactly where you need it. Son of a biscuit eater. I learned something new. <laughs> now, the next one, we will just give you some ideas and see if you can figure out what the heck it is. The next one, they were looking for... What, a way to keep water out of ammo canisters? or Am Ammunition canisters during uh, World War II. So we're talking early 40s what? and was originally green. Green with what, vinyl on the, on the outside and then a layer of fabric and then a layer of adhesive? Mesh and then a layer of sticky, sticky, sticky. And it had to be waterproof. Had to be waterproof. This this stuff needs to stick and be waterproof and hold up in some pretty rugged weather. The hard part is where they had to pick the name from. I wonder what they originally called it because something it, it's got to start. That's what I want to know. It's, I mean, reading this article just left me with questions. <laughs> it's got to have a number that's a, a name that starts with an M. You know, can you get me that uh, M227R canister sealer? It had to yeah. have some military name like that long before it took on its current name, which yeah. is still a little bit controversial because do you spell it with a CT or a CK? Depends on the brand. And if you spell it with the the CT, you're not even supposed to use it for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we are talking about duck or duct tape. <laughs> But weren't you depending on how you call it and how you spell it? <laughs> weren't yeah. you surprised at the company that originally invented it? I was. I was. Yeah. It was Johnson, Johnson and Johnson. Johnson. You know what? What yeah. I thought was cool about that, and you just followed the evolution of the product. They started noticing it. It was really good for repairing other things, everything from jeeps, guns, aircraft, because of its waterproof and the strength of the built-in adhesive. Gee, where have we heard this before in our discussions for tonight? They even used it for closing wounds. Yeah, um, it work. I've heard of people using it for wart removal. Yeah. Done it. Works. <laughs> well, Smells really funky when you take a roll of duct tape off your hand after five days. But. Oh, wow. <laughs> there have been girls that have designed prom dresses to win money from the company. Yeah, they have mm -hmm. a scholarship every year for, yeah, the best prom dress, yeah. the best prom suit. Amazing it's, what you can make. It's amazing what they do. But, yeah. Originally only in green, and now, God, I don't think there's a color you can't get it in. Or pattern. Yeah. Or, yeah, plaid. camo, stripes, polka dots, team logos. 
Well, the interesting thing is it did after World War II. It came home and it started being used in in construction. No, I yeah. just I just I'm, got a thing. We have some very bright orange duct tape. Yes, we that do. we put on our ducks. So he, you're not supposed to. So he will duck and not smack. <laughs> yes, into yes. Him. We, oh, I wasn't thinking oh, there. Okay. So we got a double duct. <laughs> yeah, tape. yeah. We've got duct tape where I duck. Duck when I see the orange duct tape. So yeah. you, you have duck ducked. Yes. Yes, because half of our basement is a little lower than the six-foot level, the, the crown of my noggin hits. And then I also showed it on one of the videos of the garage uh, that I've been doing the Facebook videos every day this month, of the little square in the garage where we back the, the camera up to, and that's how the cow security knows that I have enough room to go in and work on the workbench behind there. If all of my crap oh, between go. that orange dot, the workbench is not there. <laughs> <laughs> but they changed it back to silver for the D-U-C-T use in construction. But they found out maybe that's not a good idea, huh? Yeah. The uh, Well, it is Berkeley. They have found that you should not use it to seal the seams of your ductwork for your heating and cooling. It, needs, it gets uh, frail and brittle and therefore no longer will work. It's also somewhat flammable, and like anything else in your home, it's going to release toxic chemicals when it burns. Well, so and I'm sure it causes I'm sure cancer in it's California. Known to the state of California, it is known <laughs> to cause cancer and birth defects. Yep. So, <laughs> ain't that the truth? Uh, but California has banned it. As, as uh, sounds like a lot of states have banned it as part of their building code. Well, you know, it, it's funny because we all saw it on Apollo 13, the movie. Yep. And we know that, you know, duct tape is part of what saved Apollo 13. Um, yes. Some other interesting facts. And we're looking at a site called todayifoundout.com. And I will, I'm going to probably write a piece on these tomorrow. In March 2003, three people died of suffocation after following Homeland Security's suggestion of creating a safe room from chemical warfare by sealing up all the windows and doors with thick plastic and duct tape. <laughs> Yes. And I shouldn't laugh. That's just sad and tragic. But It's horrible, but... <laughs> they are from the government. Sense. <laughs> They're here to help. It's a nice little like list. Yeah, the quote about... The words of wisdom? Yeah, about Apollo 13 oh. and the, uh, the guy who basically came up with that design to make the, okay, we have, what was it, a, a square air filter that has to fit into a round hole, basically? Yeah. And here's a table full of junk that we can use. And one of them was duct tape. And, and he said, I felt like we were home free after he found out there was duct tape on board. He said, one thing a Southern boy will never say is, I don't think duct, duct tape will fix it. <laughs> so he, they have duct tape. We can, we can fix this. <laughs> we'll make it work. Absolutely no problem. I would be curious to know why the one Walmart store in Springfield, Missouri, though, sells more duct tape per person than any other place in the world. I was scratching my head at that, too. Just an odd... Why? Other yeah. than it's, you know, you're pretty south. You're pretty... And have you seen <laughs> you got they, a lot of a lot of southern engineering going on. You got a lot, you got a lot <laughs> of... Oh, well done, Don. You've got a lot of road hard, put away hard wet... I believe I'm six beers in. <laughs> F-150s in there. Yeah, you definitely do. Moving on to the third one here. Can we go back to one thing before we do? We I like sure can. The words of wisdom It said... One only needs two tools in life, WD-40 to make things go and duct tape to make them stop. Oh, wow. I like it. Hey, it Josh, good to true. see you. 
What was next? I got to get open this. Link the up. next one is uh, every uh, kidnapper's favorite tool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, mall cop on occasion. Yep. Uh, we just finished watching, what were there, six series, six uh, six seasons in the episodes of uh, a show called Justified. And he it's about a, a U.S. marshal, deputy marshal. Yes. Yeah, they used a lot of it. They were used extensively in there. But uh, originally, weren't these made out of metal originally? They were made in 1958 by an electrical company. Uh, it was an uh, electrical company, Thomas and Betts. Originally designed for wiring harnesses in airplanes. Uh, one of their workers was involved with, I believe it was Boeing, and noticing how much work was involved in routing the thousands of feet of wires. Tying it to plywood with uh, nylon string. Yeah, that's real smart. Yeah, and thought, okay, there's there's got to be something better. So he, he went to work and, and figured out how to make a... Uh, Oh, how can I say it without giving it away? Some some sort of quick fastener to wrap around these wires and attach them to something. And attach them to something or just hold them together in in a bundle. And not um, injured. Using, originally using a, a metal tooth that has since been changed to a nylon or plastic tooth. And then we came up with the name because when you adjust them, they make a sound. So, yeah. obvious name. Zip tie, yes. I like. I, I've never known how many different kinds of zip ties there are. Yeah, and I don't know. If I always know. thought it was okay. You have green ones, blue ones, black ones, clear ones. The really thick, clear ones that <laughs> you're not messing around with. <laughs> oh yeah, that you. And then the cop ones. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. There are YouTube videos on how to get out of the cop ones. Yep. And. Cops have two ways of addressing those YouTube videos. Some of them say those videos shouldn't be on there. You shouldn't be showing guys how to get out of the uh, um, zip tie handcuffs. And the other thought process with police are, please just show that video to everybody so they'll stop telling us to secure, you know, suspects with zip ties. We need to use handcuffs. Yeah. So interesting uh, thought processes behind it. But yeah, re reusable, releasable. Kind of a seal type thing with tags on it, which would be handy for, uh, and you think of it, that'd be a handy thing for any project when you're taking stuff out, zip tie with a label hanging on it. So mm -hmm. a lot of different options, identification built in, uh, you know, pre-printed numbers like a trailer seal. Heck, a zip tie would work better where, with cheap where were those seals. damn things when I was tearing the top end of my truck engine apart? <laughs> oh yeah. Rip off a piece of masking tape and write down something on it and. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Pictures, pictures, and more pictures. Oh, God, that was horrible. The uh, parallel entry was, kind of gets me tamper-proof with low-profile heads. So they're, I mean, I've never tried no. to tamper with a zip tie. You just cut it off. Yeah. Those are the ones because if, if, uh, if you do it carefully, you can use a paper clip or a, a knife blade and basically move that little lock out of the way and open up the zip ties. So I believe these the parallel entry ones are you, you have to go in a different way and there's really not much room to get anything in there. Here's an interesting one for you. If you're going to use zip ties like on a big wiring project under under the hood or something, yep. okay, you put the zip tie in and then you take your wire cutters off and you clip off the extra. Mm -hmm. 
if you use standard wire cutters, you get a little piece of that clipped edge hanging out and you'll cut your finger on it. You, Every time. <laughs> you can buy flush edge wire cutters that'll cut those flush and then there's nothing to catch. Mm -hmm. So if you use a lot of zip ties, go buy some flush wire cutters. And for the love of God, color code them. And yeah, you know, definitely. <laughs> Stop using the green zip ties on the blue wiring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, have you ever you ever gone in to fix somebody's wiring project and it's like every wire is blue because that's what they had a spool of laying around? Yeah. Oh man. That's irritated. <laughs> now the next one is another one of those that was originally designed to do something else and it failed horribly because this stuff was originally made to make um sights for firearms. And I believe we're talking clear look through vision sights. Yes, clear plastic sights to go on guns for again World War II. Some fascinating inventions during World War II. Mother of invention is you know necessity. They needed. Yeah. Well, and this was actually kind of a giant failure. So he's trying to make this. What is it? A cyanocrylate, whatever the hell that word is. It's above my pay grade. And this Doctor Harry Coover, I need died in 2011. He found this stuff and he was trying to make clear plastic gun sights out of it to be put on guns used by the allied soldiers. One of the formulations he came up with didn't work very well, but it worked fantastically as an extremely quick bonding adhesive. Uh, despite the commercial potential, he abandoned the formulation completely because it didn't do what he wanted it to do. And it was too sticky. Well, and there was a war going on. He was a busy man. There was, he, he had other priorities. So this stuff sat from what? Fast forward. To 1951. <laughs> what, nine years later. <laughs> and he's working for the Kodak company, um, supervising a project, trying to do some uh, heat-resistant product for, I'm assuming, canopies for airplanes, for jets, for military planes. And I think Which he's trying to hold I, I the pieces I was kind of confused on that. I never knew Kodak was involved in jets. No, me neither. Um, and then there was another guy working on it that rediscovered his product and tried uh, using it. What he it says here, what, be, between two refractometer, refractometer prisms. prisms. Have you, I mean, there's, there's a lot of big scientific words in this article. Yes. Yeah, so, it made my head hurt, but. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I'll tell you what. If, if, if I had two refractometer prisms I, prisms, I would probably be dumb enough to glue them together, too. More than likely, I'd wind up gluing one to my hand and one to my forehead. <laughs> yeah, I'm easily done with this stuff. <laughs> Look at me. I'm a unicorn. <laughs> oh. And this stuff didn't actually hit the market until, now keep in mind, it was, you know, pretty much invented in 1942, 1958 Eastman Kodak um, called it Eastman 910 and yeah. put it on the market and then later renamed it. Uh, they renamed it Super Glue. Super Glue. It was then basically licensed and sold over to Loctite, who changed the name again <laughs> to Loctite Quickset 404. Great stuff. Guess what? Didn't sell very well, so they changed the name to Super Bonder. <laughs> the only thing better than Super Glue is Gorilla Glue. The only yes. thing better than duct tape is Gorilla Tape. Amazing how that works. Neat now, little. I I never knew what makes Super Glue because it it is damn near instantaneous. Oh yeah. And if you think back to okay, you get some Super Glue on your fingers, and, glue and it together. is instantaneous. Yeah, it's yeah. it's right now they are stuck, but the two little pieces of plastic that you're putting together, 
you can still pull them apart for a brief amount of time. Because it goes water. Off. Yeah, the, the humidity in your skin. The water, water is what really activates that stuff. And I, I never knew that. So the next time you're having problems using super glue to get two things sticking together, a little bit of water. Now, here's an interesting little piece of uh, trivia. Applying super glue to cotton or wool results, results in a rapid chemical reaction that releases enough heat to cause minor burns. So typically this should be avoided. However, enough if enough is added to a cotton or wool, the fabric will catch on fire, making this a great way to keep survive as a survival solution. So yes, I will be trying super glue on a cotton ball and see if it starts a fire. Well, you should videotape that. I, you know, there we go. There's your video There's for my tomorrow. Video. Yeah. Do it outside. <laughs> I'm not doing it down here, that's for sure. Just <laughs> <laughs> make sure there is lots of fresh air. Yeah. Podcaster <laughs> dies in basement while starting fire. With super sounds glue like a garage ball. project. <laughs> yeah. It's not his fault. He was high as a kite on super glue. <laughs> if one of the neighbors are home, I'll go do it in their garage. There you go. You never know how that's going to work out. <laughs> no, that that's just hilarious. Hilarious, but yeah, it, I, that's some tough stuff. And the last one on the list, and this one just kind of made me chuckle. It's uh, also something that you need to keep in your truck because pretty much two thirds of the places require you to have them anyway. And also, I think this goes into what's in the windshield of your vehicle. Actually, they're different things. So scratch that part about having. I have glasses on the board, and it's not glasses. Well, you've got. You've got it listed, but you didn't give us. I you don't didn't have, give us a link to it. We, we have, have two links link. for the super glue, oh, but well, nothing for the number eight glass. Okay, the number eight was, or the number five was safety glass, and safety glass was invented by accident because they were making some kind of a plastic resin in a beaker, and then he poured that clear plastic resin out, put the beaker on a shelf, and then later decided I need to go clean that beaker. And when he grabbed it, he knocked it off the shelf. And it fell down and it all stuck together because of that ah, plastic film. Because on the of the plastic in there. Yeah. Well, there, now what makes the glass shatter is not safety glass. That's tempered glass. That's the temperature they bake it to before they, that's what makes it shatter into little pieces. Yes. But when you add the safety glass adhesive to one side, now those shattered pieces stick to the. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's the plan anyway. It still goes all over hell, but hopefully not as bad. It's it's on the windshields. It's it's not that bad at all. It's not like when you shatter a passenger side window. Not at all. Well, there's nothing like the like the turkey coming through the windshield to get you. Don, <laughs> how many sleeps till Christmas? Well, we are at two hundred and forty three sleeps until Christmas. That is seven months, four weeks, two hours, thirty two minutes, and forty five seconds. And guess what we have back? Santa's Little Helper. We're Santa's Little Helpers. We make all the toys, the trinkets for the girls, and the trucks for the boys. There you go. When you get your stimulus check, you can start your Christmas shopping. The funny thing is, though, when you said that many days, I thought, oh, it's got to be sooner. We've, <laughs> we've had 900 days in this year already. Oh, my gosh. Well, April was 600 days so yeah. far. <laughs> now, when the castle curator and I get our check, since it's going to be probably one deposit because we're a married couple, does that make it stimuli or is it still stimulus? Wait, there's checks? Well, direct deposits. I've really got to start checking my banking app. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got yours yet? Yes. Yeah, we 
I'm not going to lie. I am really enjoyed what the checking account says is in there between tax money that we didn't quite spend because we were waiting for a total amount on the, the wedding. And now the stimulus checks going in there and I'm going, huh, do we need to get married? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet you did not say that out loud, though, did you? <laughs> well, she's oh. thinking ahead to taxes next year going, hmm. No, we really don't. <laughs> it's that's already hilarious. been 13 years. What's what's a few more? <laughs> oh, that that's hilarious. Another year or two is not going to change anything. <laughs> the nice part for us is what we paid for in taxes this year covered by the stimulus check. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we get some back from the state and then we send it to the feds and it happened and this this year the numbers were bigger on both accounts. So, uh, Right. Those numbers are being adjusted as we speak. So that problem will be solved. Let's move on to this week in beer. Uh, we have both a problem and a solution. I have been saving this because I've been out. I don't even know if you guys could hear that. Uh, I could. heard it well right into the recorder. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a, a sad state of affairs, as most of the beverage and even the, the food industry, bars aren't open. Restaurants, for the most part, aren't open. Um, everybody's kind of doing what they can to not even make ends meet, just kind of tread water, use up what they have. And I still have property taxes due. I has, I still have insurance payments due, but I'm not going to lie. At least around here, there's not a bartender in the world who wants to go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with safety. It's gee, if I go back to work, I'm going to make 400 bucks a week. I'm making at least 600 bucks a week right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this all happened kind of at, at the, the kickoff to, at least in the beer industry, the busy season. Oh, yeah. March, we've got St. Patrick's Day, March Madness basketball happening for a whole month. Those are, are big deals for bars, sports bars. And from there, it just kind of keeps getting bigger and bigger as, as we get into summertime. Um, I know at least the company I worked for, we had loaded up a lot of places getting ready for St. Patrick's Day. And it was the Monday before St. Patrick's Day when everything kind of hit the fan. And, okay, we're not going to have bars open anymore. We're not going to have restaurants open anymore. And they all have fresh kegs. They've all got beer sitting in their coolers, sitting in their, their basements. Most places and most distributors are working through how we're going to handle picking up beer. You know, it's not cost effective for us as a company to go and just pick up everybody's beer and not make any money, but we can kind of sell that into stores. So we're still going to make stuff on it, but you've got beer that it's old. We're not going to, pick up old beer and sell it somewhere else. You've got distributors that are working with breweries because the breweries are going, you have kegs that technically are our property. Normally they don't want you to return full kegs. They, they want you to empty them out before you send them on the truck back to the brewery, but we don't want to lose all that money either. So it's, it's millions of dollars of beer and I'm sure wine and, and liquor is just sitting in bars and restaurants all over the country going old with really no plans on how to get rid of it. 
So I guess to help alleviate the problem and to find a use for beer beyond personal consumption, which eventually will have you sleeping on the front porch and uh, maybe diabetic and kicked out of your trunk. Uh, <laughs> but we do need to do our part to try and put beer to use as best we can rather than it go stale. Yes. So we call up your local bar and tell them to give you a burger and a six pack lunch special. Cause they'll do it. And you'll get a damn good deal. <laughs> oh, that, that you will. But we also, we found some really cool recipes and a link in the show notes. And this is actually, there's 50 in here and they're out of taste of home and they're products. They're things you can make with Not beer. Not going to lie. At no point in the entire time that we've been doing this show have I ever thought we would be using taste of home as a <laughs> That's reference. True. I, the trucking podcast <laughs> is now using taste of home in this week. Uh, in this damn COVID. <laughs> See what it's drawn us to? But we have each picked out a favorite recipe out of this. And maybe next week we'll each pick out another one that you can make with beer. And it is wonderful stuff. Did you pick one out, Don? Okay. Well, if we're going to go easiest, it's not even listed on there. Oh, well, that's even better. That saves us one for next week. The easiest is uh, Saturday morning beer pancakes. Oh, oh yes. You get the you get the the cheapest powdered mix that does not need oil and eggs. You want the I need water and pancake mix. You substitute the water with beer or Sprite if you don't want uh, beer. Super super light, super fluffy, and just a unusual taste depending on what kind of <laughs> beer you use. And let's be honest, there are a million different flavors of beer out there that you yeah. can use. But they are delicious. And you can have some fun with some craft beers on that, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can go, you know, super sweet or, you know, the the godforsaken pumpkin spiced everything that comes out in the okay. fall. Oh, pumpkin oh. spice. Or they've got blueberry, strawberry. I mean, you you name it, you can find it in a beer. Yep. You and can it, have... it's just so light. So many bubbles. Wonderful. You pancakes. almost belch a little after you eat a pancake. <laughs> oh, that's kind of good. <laughs> and here's the cool thing about these recipes. I don't drink anymore, but I can still have them because it whatever alcohol is in there is cooked out. Yeah. You can you can cook with beer and not be drinking beer. Chris, what did you pick? First one, I think, if I want if I needed to use it up, I would make the honey beer bread because it, beer bread is wonderful because it's it is. so easy and you can freeze it. Yeah. You can make Half so a dozen loaves. You could make easy. as give them out as gifts. And beer bread is Use them wonderful. for door openers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not fruit cake. Yeah, I was just going to say that's the Christmas fruit cake. <laughs> no, but it's a real dense deep bread. But that's, it is that it would is. be my first one. But boy, there's a bunch of good recipes yeah. here. We'll cover a few others as we go through here. What's um, yours? Oh my gosh, this is one that and and I'm going to be. Let's see, when's the next time we're going okay. to the grocery store? I am. I'm going to put a dollar down on the chocolate cake. Oh, bingo. Malt, <laughs> chocolate, and stout layer cake. A good <laughs> a good stout beer. The malt in that in a chocolate layer cake, that thing just looks delicious. And Irish cream frosting. Yes. Yep. There is everything to love about this cake and no drawback whatsoever. No. Blood sugar aside, but. Other than the four-hour nap. I'll sleep well that night, but it would be worth it. Mom, why is Daddy dead? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he ate bridge mix. Oh, man. So that would be my choice for the night. When we get into these uh, 
Big Rolling Turds. And I meant to download that because I found it. We can use our Big Rolling Turd sound effect. I will add it in in editing. How's that? Yeah, it works. You know, sometimes more often than not, because things are collectible now that, you know, guys like us can't afford a 68 Mustang or any of that stuff. So we kind of well, have to. I don't to know. Go- we probably could have gotten a good deal on that one they dragged out of the river we talked about last week. Yes, we could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not recognizable, but. <laughs> and and I actually found the first one of these cars, and I don't remember which one I sent you guys the link to. Um, uh, the seventy-eight. So, now is the one I sent you green or red? Red. This one is red. And then I sent Don a picture of one, a link on a text earlier this week that was green. And we're talking about the 78 Ford Mustang King Cobra, which which sounds awesome. And it looks, I mean, that green one, especially those factory paint schemes on those were just screaming 1978. I don't know how else to say it with, with, yeah. the, with the wild uh, paint schemes on them. And they were five liter. Let's see. The one that I sent you the picture of, the guy had done some modification on, but they, they were five liter 302 Mustang motors, four lug axles all the way around, cheap, weak rear end. Well, they could use a cheap, weak rear end because those darn things only put out. Are you ready? Did, did you happen to catch the horsepower? Uh, on, on the red one, I did the whopping 133. <laughs> 133 horsepower, five liter. It's okay. You had 243 foot pounds of torque. Woo. <laughs> That just cracks me up. So in its day, it was a big rolling turd. But is it cool now or is it not? So the the green one, I have never been a fan of whatever those stupid looking fins are over the back windows. I agree. The louvers, they were big in the 70s. Uh, those look stupid. Uh, the red one, it looks like it, it had the potential to be cool. I don't understand what's with that giant red front bumper that sticks way out ahead of the front of the car. Oh yeah. That was the, uh, the big old air dam on that thing. Yeah. Um, they're okay. Just no, that to me, it, it doesn't jump and, and catch my eye. Oh, now that's a cool car for the money you'd spend on something that vintage. And the problem is if you get one of those cars and okay, I'll just, I'll just drop a, uh, late model five liter in it, fuel injected and, you know, stick some horsepower or, or any other crate motor, coyote motor, or anything else in there. You Nothing st- on that thing's going to handle that kind of power. Exactly. You got those wimpy. You got four. a three speed automatic transmission. That's just going to explode as soon as you take it out yeah. of the park. <laughs> yeah. And, and a rear end that's not going to handle, you know, it can hardly handle 133 horsepower. Yeah. So everything else has to be changed. It is a hell of a project. You'd have more fun with a, I, you know, I'd, I'd have more fun seriously with something I could actually drop an eight in that could hold up to it. Uh, right. Shoot. But yeah, I just, I don't know. Big rolling turd or collectible car. Cool in, cool in its day. The louvers, by the way, keep in mind the fastbacks with the uh, darn near horizontal window. What did that do to yeah. the interiors? They had no ultraviolet protection in the glass back then. It's true. Or in the fabric. So that was the point of the louvers to keep the car from being 190 degrees inside and maybe make your upholstery last longer. But yeah, uh, Could have come up with something that looked a hell of a lot cooler, though. <laughs> you, you know, they could have. And it's like, why would you, when you think of Cobra, you think of 427, 428, 429, yeah. big, big Ford motors. Big uh, power. Big Ford Torino just 
kicking ass on Talladega, uh, stuff like that. You don't think of a four lug Mustang with a 133 horse engine. Yeah. 133 top speed of 104. I mean, which is, is impressive. Well, just to me, this is a, uh, you know, and I, I've always said this about the Mustangs is, is you have, he's got a Mustang. Yeah. You know, the, the five O's, the, the screamers that you see. And then you see the guy that always wanted a Mustang, but can't afford one. So he's driving around that stock Mustang with the 3.8 liter in it. Yeah. Two keys in a heater. That's, that's what this car is to me. This is the, you bought a Mustang cause you wanted a Mustang, but you couldn't afford a real one. In 1983, I went to, it was, uh, actually it was D Thomas and Ford on McLaughlin Boulevard at the time that it was his dad who owned it. I don't know if the same. That was like closet. car central, wasn't it? McLaughlin Boulevard was the strip for the east side of town. And, uh, yeah, on the west side of town, you had Canyon road, a little more sophisticated buyer on Canyon road. There was money to be made on McLaughlin road of uh, McLaughlin Boulevard going through, Milwaukee and Gladstone and yeah. out to Oregon City. And those, I, I vaguely remember driving down that road going to your parents' house and it was yes. car dealership, car dealership, car yes. dealership. Yep. <laughs> and people who shop there are payment shoppers. So yeah, there's good nice. money to be made. Where was I going with this? Sorry. <laughs> oh, so anyway, 1983 and I want a new Mustang. They came out with that new aerodynamic Mustang in 1983. And they're on sale for like eighty four hundred bucks. I'm dying to know where this story goes because I was alive and you didn't have a Mustang. <laughs> no, this was the T Bird, the aerodynamic T Bird, the new Thunderbird. That's what I wanted, and I went and I looked at one, and the eighty four hundred dollar Thunderbird had vinyl seats, an automatic <laughs> transmission, no radio, no air conditioning, and a four banger. And it's like. Okay, if I get a Thunderbird, I want some bells and whistles, and I can't afford the bells and whistles. And I left with a V6 four-speed, brand-new 83 Ford Ranger. I remember that one. Yep, the orange <laughs> one. And what were our payments on that thing? Like $169 a month for three and a half years or something? There, there wasn't much. Well, you got it before you ever, we got married. Yeah. So I don't really remember. Yeah, I came out good on that truck. I sold that, and uh, we bought the little orange, uh, one of the cars I wish I had now, the blue... Oldsmobile 70, I think that was a 78, Oldsmobile station wagon. I remember that one. Yeah, we didn't have it for very long, but that was a great car. Anyway, we have approached that time in the evening where we asked the magic question, Don the Beer Guy, what did you learn tonight? Mm, well, the <laughs> obvious choice is Michael Moore's an idiot, but I already knew that. <laughs> so I'm going to go with... Uh, you know, WD-40. I, I never knew that was the creation was originally for uh, the aerospace industry. Yeah, that was a new one on me. Castle Curator, what did you learn tonight? Well, Don took my line about Michael Moore, so I can't go there. But... We can call him an idiot again. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves but, it. True. A lot of the, the stuff I knew about the products, but, but the thing I thought was the neatest is the parking spots for truckers in Missouri. That was yeah. Neat. That, that was is I think that's just a neat thing. It's it's really neat in this ridiculous time we're going through to see how people are actually looking out for other people. Yeah. Yeah. That is neat. What'd you learn? I learned, I do believe, uh, yet to be proven <laughs> and tested, but it will be very soon, like uh, within the next 48 hours. I learned a new way to start a fire. I'm going to get a phone call at 1130 tonight, <laughs> aren't I? <laughs> 
Just watch this son of a bitch worked. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna get a phone call. You're gonna get a phone call in a video. <laughs> the cat's on fire. The cat's on fire. <laughs> we'll be at your house in the morning with the camper, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the neighbors are mad at us. We live in a condo. <laughs> oh man. With that, what do you say we uh, put this thing into gear and uh, hit the dusty trails? Mosey on down the road. Mosey on down the road. Stay frosty, guys, and we will see you all next week. A uh, little quick contact information, truckingafterhours at gmail.com. It's as easy as that. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. We will see you next week. Drive safe. safe. Drive safe. Thanks for listening. Keep your powder dry. Hi, American. Wash your hands. <laughs> Don't pick your nose. Well, wash your hands when you're done. <laughs> No need looking, baby, here I am